Good. Now, please give a nice big smile to the person next to you. A nice big smile. Come on, smile at them. And give a little wink just to see if they can wink. Okay. Making sure everybody's wide awake. Say this after me. This is God's word. God said it. I believe it. And that settles it. You can turn so long to Hebrews chapter 12. We'll look at verse 28 and 29. Hebrews 12, verse 28. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to declare your word. And I pray that your fire would burn in my mouth, in my spirit, in my lips as I declare your word today. In the matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. The title of the sermon this morning, there's not a PowerPoint. The title of the sermon is simply the fire of the Holy Spirit. The fire of the Holy Spirit. Is there anyone here that you can say you desire the fire of the Spirit of God burning on the inside of you? Well, great. Then you're in the right place. If you don't desire it, I'm not sure if you're in the right place today. But uh, hopefully you'll get caught alight as well. So our theme for the year is the Holy Spirit, and we trust in God to lead us into the deeper things of the Spirit. I want to tell you, folks, do you realize there is so much more to God that we get to experience here in this life? But the Holy Spirit, He is the one who is the key that allows us to experience more and more of the things of Jesus and of God. And so he's the one that will lead us into all truth, the Bible says. The Holy Spirit is also the one that will teach us, the Word of God says. The Holy Spirit will testify of Jesus. If you are seeking after the Spirit of God, he takes you to Jesus. He reveals more of Jesus in your life and in your situation. So there are four things that I want to say today, four points. Number one, God is a consuming fire. Please say that with me. God is a consuming fire. Now, you may know that from, from reading the Word of God and from your, your spiritual understanding, but uh, right now, are you seeing Him as a consuming fire? Let's look at the Scripture, Hebrews 12 Verse 28 to 29, reading from the NIV, it says, Therefore, since we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken, I like that, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, and here it comes in verse 29, for our God is a consuming fire. Do you hear that? This is the words of Scripture. This is the words of Scripture. For our God is a consuming fire. I want to say to you, do you see God as a consuming fire? Do you realize, child of God, that He's a consuming fire? Do you appreciate Him as a consuming fire? Because I believe that if you appreciate and realize He's a consuming fire, then it will cause you to live in reverential fear, a beautiful reverential fear of God. Because God is not my cosmic buddy. No, no, no. He's the Almighty God, maker of heaven and earth, and He is a consuming fire. It's never changed. He will always be a consuming fire. 
And when God's presence rested on Mount Sinai back in the days of the Israelites and, and they were in the wilderness and so on, uh, when his presence rested on Mount Sinai, what did it look like on top of that mountain? God's presence was revealed in the form of fire on top of that mountain. Why? Because that's who God is. It's not as though God said, well, I'm going to show up and angels, can you set some fires around the perimeter? I want a nice pyrotechnics play, display. This needs to be really good because I want the people to be impressed. No, when God comes, he is fire. And when he was manifested on top of Mount Sinai, there was this fire because it was him and he was present here on earth. Our God is a consuming fire. Can you just imagine being one of those Israelites and here you are below the mountain and you're looking up at this mountain and you see billowing fire and smoke and it's, it's like something you've never seen before. Imagine, because this really happened, because God really revealed himself in this way. Imagine what it was like to look up and see the consuming fire on top of that mountain. It was probably quite scary. It was probably a fearful thing. Many times in scripture, God's presence is revealed by fire. You remember the story of Moses and the burning bush? So here Moses is in a very remote area, the scripture says in the back side of the wilderness and he's busy with the sheep there and who knows what all. And as he's going about minding his own business, he notices that there is a bush which is burning, a tree, a bush which is burning. It's not actually consuming the actual tree, but it's, 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 it's burning. And, and then as he comes a little closer, he begins to realize that something's completely different. My day has suddenly changed. And then God reveals that it is him, the almighty God that is meeting. And what happens immediately? It's a case of take your sandals off. The place on which you are standing is holy ground. But how did God reveal himself? as a consuming fire in the burning bush. Mount Sinai, the same thing, a consuming fire, because that's who God is. And I believe that we need to realize that God is a fire, a consuming fire, and we need to expect that his revelation, even today, comes in that form. And so I submit to you that, listen to this very carefully, very important. I submit to you that if God is a consuming fire, then the closer you get to God, the more you begin to burn. Come on, that should get one or two of you a little bit more excited. If God is a consuming fire, and He is, the closer you get to Him, the more you begin to burn. It automatically just begins to happen. How many of you remember Carmen from years ago, Christian singer Carmen? And uh, if you do, you're not a teenager anymore. I hate to break it to you, okay? So Carmen came to South Africa many years ago. And at one stage, this American artist, Christian artist, he was like the most popular Christian artist around the world. He came to uh, Wanderers Cricket Stadium. 50,000 people packed out that place. He was really popular. He had an amazing creativity with songwriting. And so then he got interviewed on television during that trip that he visited South Africa. Got interviewed on television, and the, at that stage there was only four or five channels in the country. 
And the interviewer was a lady and she said to him, tell us, Carmen, uh, you have a lot of creativity from writing songs. Where does the creativity come from? So Carmen said, you know, it's an interesting thing. If you have the sun, the closer you get to the sun, the browner you become. And he said, with the creator, the closer you get to the creator, the more creative you become. Isn't that lovely? Such a beautiful word. But I want to say in the same breath, the closer you get to the consuming fire, God himself, the more you will begin to burn. So I ask you this morning, is there burning within you by the Spirit of God? Because if there's zero burning, then you've got to ask yourself questions of proximity to God. But you know what? I know many spirit-filled, tongue-talking people that are baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire in this church. And you can see that their lives are so alive to God. The fire of God is within them. God is a consuming fire. Number two, the fire of God's presence rested in the tabernacle. Take note of that. The fire of His presence rested in the tabernacle. You see, when God established Israel as his own special people, he also created a detailed communication center, which was called the tabernacle. And it was in this tabernacle, it was there that man could communicate with God and God could communicate with man. But we read about the tabernacle in the Old Testament, but something that you may not realize is this. Do you realize that God actually came and lived on the earth in the tabernacle right on the mercy seat in the Ark of the Covenant? Do you realize that God actually came and lived with his people? I want to tell you it's been God's heart all along that he wants to be with us. He wants to be with his people. That's why he wanted to be with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. That's why he wanted to be with them, the Israelites, as they're going through the wilderness. God wants to be with his people. Still today, the fire of God, the Spirit of God, in terms of the fire of God, he wants to be with his people. And so here there was this amazing system called the tabernacle, where the presence of God actually dwelt. And it was called the Holy of Holies, where His Shekinah glory, which is the burning, flaming presence of God, rested on the mercy seat of that Ark of the Covenant. Now, do you know that the Ark of the Covenant, it uh, firstly was made of acacia wood, overlaid with gold. It must have been quite beautiful. And, um, and then it also had the, um, the, the lid on top with the cherubim on either side with their wings stretched over the part in the middle, the mercy seat. But uh, there were three things that were inside the Ark of the Covenant. There was firstly two tablets of the law that was in the Ark of the Covenant. Then there was also Aaron's rod, which had mis miraculously budded and didn't die, and was placed in there as well. And then there was also a golden pot of manna. And then this was closed off by the lid of the Ark of the Covenant. On either side, 
two golden cherubim covered in gold and their wings would go over and cover the center section of the Ark of the Covenant and that part right in the center, right at the lid, what was it called? It was called the mercy seat. And the amazing thing is that God actually lived there, his presence lived there. He was dwelling and inhabiting and living with his people. Can you imagine how glorious it must have been that the Almighty God was living in this tented structure right in the middle, in this most holy place? And it was there in the Holy of Holies that communion with God was a reality. And by the way, the high priest, the most senior priest, the high priest, was only allowed to enter once a year into the Holy of Holies like that to make atonement for the sins of the people. It was a very interesting thing because the priest would have garments on and around the bottom of the garments there were little bells. And so these bells were so that when he's going into the, the most inner place of God, that you hear the bells are still moving okay. He's still alive. He hasn't been struck dead. Because it was only under the strictest conditions that he could go into that place. And if he hadn't confessed sins and done sacrifices properly, he could not come into that place. And do you know that that high priest had a rope tied around his ankle? Because if something went wrong and he hadn't confessed and cleaned his heart properly before the Lord, before going in there, he would die. The bells would stop ringing and they would drag him out. How many of you would like to go and visit? <laughs> quite, quite something. And they would drag him out. I want to tell you, the fear of God was on that community. And so it must have been astounding, truly astounding for this high priest to come in but what he did when he was inside is he would take the blood of the sacrifice and he would sprinkle some drops of blood right there on the mercy seat right where the flame of God was burning I don't understand at all exactly how it happened but he would offer atonement and it was on the day of atonement and he would atone for the sins of the nation and God would be pleased. And that blood foreshadowed the blood of the cross of Calvary that would come so many years later. Wow. What an awesome God we serve. What an awesome plan he has. And I believe that God wants his Shekinah glory, the flaming fire of his presence to be evident in churches today. Tommy Temme says the following, there is no Shekinah glory in our churches today because we've lost the ability to host the Holy Ghost. But by God's grace, more and more churches are and will host the glorious presence of God. Can I get an amen? amen. Number three, the fire of God's presence now rests upon spirit-filled believers. Let that sink in for a moment. So we said firstly that God is a consuming fire. We said secondly that the fire of God's presence rested in that tabernacle. And now we say that the fire of God's presence now rests on spirit-filled believers. Right at the start of the New Testament. We see that John the Baptist declared that Jesus would come and he would baptize with what? With the Holy Spirit and with fire. There's the fire connected to the Holy Spirit. 
And it says in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11 to 12, John the Baptist said the following. He said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, and he, that's Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. I want to tell you that when the Holy Spirit of God is really in our lives and in our midst, the fire of God is burning there, the passionate fire of His presence. And so right here, at the start of the New Testament, we see the Holy Spirit being associated with fire because be baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Something else which is very important to mention here is that when the Holy Spirit was then given on the day of Pentecost, it is clear that he appeared by what way? He appeared by tongues of fire. Would you say those three words? Tongues of fire. A little louder. Tongues of fire. So he appeared by way of tongues of fire that came to rest upon the believer's head. And at that moment, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. Can you imagine what a glorious time that must have been on the day of Pentecost? He brings the fire and he burns within you. And so just in the same way that Aaron had to keep the fire burning, I want to say to you today, child of God, are you keeping the fire of God burning within your heart? Because you can by the power of the Holy Spirit. And just one last scripture, it says in Romans 12, verse uh, 11 in the Amplified Bible, it says, never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor, and then it says this, be aglow and burning with the Spirit, serving the Lord. Do you take note what this instruction is in Romans? It instructs us that we need to be aglow and that we need to be burning with the Spirit of the Lord. And so I pray, if you have never been hungry for the fire of God in your life, that right now you'd become hungry for the fire of God. That you would realize, I have to have His fire burning within me. Is there anybody by a show of hands who say, I want the fire of God burning in my life? Raise your hand if that's you. Wonderful. Now would you stand together as we pray, as we close in prayer. Have you been blessed by the message today? Have you received the message? I'm going to pray a prayer, and this is a prayer in which we ask for God's fire to burn within our hearts. Folks, we're in a time as a church where we are speaking about the Holy Spirit. And I want to say to you, with the precious Holy Spirit comes the fire of our consuming God. Spirit of God, we thank you right now for your word to us today. We recognize you as a consuming fire. We honor you as a consuming fire. Lord, like the flames came to rest on those disciples on the day of Pentecost, we say, please let the flame of your fire rest and burn upon each one of us. We want to declare that as a congregation in this year, 
and individually we want to declare that we open up our hearts and our lives and we pray God would you cause your fire to burn within us now you just begin to call out to God just cry out to God a little bit for that fire say God fill me with your fire I need your fire come have your way come burn in me come speak to me Lord come work in my heart let your fire burn within me and so we say Lord that we are inviting you and we are expecting you that you're going to set our hearts ablaze. And thank you, Jesus, that you are the one that baptizes us with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And so we say, yes, Lord. We say, yes, Lord. We say, yes, Lord. Won't you say that? We say, yes, Lord. One more time. We say, yes, Lord. Amen. Won't you give the Lord a hand of praise? Hallelujah. Awesome. God bless you, go in victory, go in peace, and uh, we look forward to seeing you on Wednesday for our Holy Spirit Encounter Evening, 7.30 here, and a time of meeting with God. God bless you, everybody.